0: Well, I'm delighted to be here again with my good friends, Church Mission Society, and we're celebrating a very exciting new piece of research. This piece of research is into the largest landmass in Africa. Actually, before the split in 2011 of Sudan and South Sudan, this was the largest country. But actually, what excites me about this research is actually I was there working there in 2003 and 2004, both in the north and the south. And it was working in this country, in West Darfur, meeting a little girl who'd have female genital mutilation, FGM, at five and was um, raped at 10. And we, we helped her have her baby safely at 11 years old having been raped by the armed militia from sudan and this was the birth of our charity 28 too many and actually i became a mission partner after five years of retraining and then birthed the charity two years later once we got our funding so this particular um country report it's a double country report both into the sudan and south sudan and actually, it's, it's very close to my heart for those reasons. The prevalence is 87% there of girls that are cut. And actually, um, the only positive thing is that only 53% of girls 15 to 49, or women 15 to 49, which indicates there's a reduction. The highest, though, in North Kordofan. um is 98% so that's nearly 100% and their cuts, the girls are cut there 5 to 9 which goes along with the story of the little girl I met and it's type 3 so the radical um, cuts, the labia um, remove the clitoris removed, the large and the um, small labia and cut and sewn up so these girls have huge amounts of um, intrusion really and of course this is against all the all the ideas that say you shouldn't cut external genitalia when it's unneeded now the other horrifying fact is that three quarters of the cases the cutting is done by midwives nurses and medics so this is one of the highest prevalences of medicalization of fgm it's come out of the rural context sometimes they don't necessarily die of sepsis but it's actually a misuse of medical resources and people interestingly again 76% of the population are illiterate so again, this is why it's important to have radio and wind-up radio sometime in a rural setting, so that the messages can get out there. Interestingly, a rural setting has slightly higher, literally one percent, eighty-seven percent, rather than urban is eighty-six percent. But it's actually higher with the wealthy population than the um, than the poorer. It has come down though ten percent. The trend from ninety-two percent to forty-five to forty-nines. And 82% now are 15 to 49. So, if that trend carries on, it's a very slow reduction, but it is going in the right direction. Interestingly, as well, um, there is no national law. There are four states of um, South Kordofan, South Darfur, um, Gadaref, and Red Sea where they have enacted some sort of form of law, whether it's a child law or a prohibition, or they've got it on the table but not enacted it. And only in South Kordofan is an FGM Act per se, but nothing across all the states, which means it'll never really work much. Interestingly enough, in terms of religion as well, there's an agreement exists with religious and traditional leaders in each state allowing sunnah, which is type 1, which is a a nick or a cut. Now, this still causes trauma, post-traumatic stress and what have you. And type 3 causes problems with childbirth, with periods with um um urination i know in other countries when girls miss a quarter of their education because it takes so long for them to urinate they miss 15 minutes in every hour of the urine just dropping out so i know i've depressed you with a lot of hard facts there but i just thought that would be a useful place i would love um members of the cms community to pray for our work to pray that we can get this to the right Uh, populations women have stood up for their rights as women in the last few years since I've been working there. But of course this means they're pushed they're they're they are tried to be pushed down and the rise of Islamic law um to stop them, to to silence them. But of course that's not what we want. So I'd really appreciate people praying and praying for twenty eight too many and our team who work with this very disturbing issue as well who can easily get secondary trauma. Great. One just question following on from that. In the midst of receiving reports like that and seeing firsthand the impact how do you hold on to hope in the middle of this that's a good question I think because I can see that when I first got hold of this and my calling got formed by God calling me it's like well God calls a unique calling to each person I do genuinely feel called cool to this it's like no point running away like Jonah because God will come and get you anyway and um, and I feel that there is hope and we have seen an improvement. It's slow, but I've been meeting with my board earlier this week and my original goal was a 10% reduction in 10 countries in 10 years and we're nearly there. And my goal of 2010 to 2022, the 12 years I I promised to work with CMS, coming towards the last quarter, And actually, we've achieved probably three times what we set out to achieve. And it is being used from literally presidents to grassroots NGOs all around the world. There is hope because with education, people can have knowledge. And for the knowledge, they can be role models for the next generation. And thank you to CMS supporting me all through this journey. Great. Thank you for the update. Thank you.